I became friends with people who probably may have in the beginning called me names and that really helped me to realise that, hold on, you know, home is here. Hello and welcome to Your Bristol Life, a new series of five podcasts shining a light on underrepresented aspects of Bristol's history. This BCFM series was made with the Bristol Cable, Bristol History Podcast and In the Dark. This first episode was created by Sam Sayer and is titled The Bristolian Refugee. I'm here outside Bristol Cathedral in the shadow of City Hall. It was here in 2011 that we gathered to celebrate our city becoming a city of sanctuary. In a colourful celebration of diversity and inclusion, we made promises that we would actively encourage a culture of welcome and hospitality to anyone who needed it. The City of Sanctuary movement focuses on asylum seekers and refugees, so for us, it's people coming to Bristol, seeking sanctuary. Since the 1950s, People have been coming to the UK in search of a safe place to call home. I've wondered about the quality of the welcome that they received and that asylum seekers and refugees receive today. What is it like to leave your country for a strange place where everything is different? When does the place that you settle in become home rather than the place you left? When, if ever, do you cease to be a refugee? I spoke to refugees from five countries who have come to Bristol and settled here over the past 50 years, from the 1970s to the present day. I'm Sam Sayer, and this is the Bristolian Refugee. Diana and Jenny from Ukraine. You are the newest of the new refugees who've arrived in Bristol. How many days has it been since you arrived? I'm three weeks. Yesterday was a month for me here. What were your first impressions of Bristol on arrival? Lovely city. I think that Bristol reminds me a lot about my city. I loved it, the culture, the music, the art, everything. Who did you meet in the early days? Our hosts. They're nice people. We have different hosts, so we live with different families. They were the first people who showed us the culture, the suspension bridge. (laughs) Yeah, we will be thankful probably forever (laughs) for everything. How are you finding the food? What me and Diana, we noticed that people here eat bread a lot. It's quite ironic, I think, that we produce a lot of wheat and uh, we produce a lot of bread, but... Probably as a country who produces a lot of bread, we do not eat that much as young girls. This is a big question, but what do you miss about home? Everything. Everything. (laughs) Our friend, our family, my cat. (laughs) I miss my brother a lot and I miss my turtle. I had a little turtle and I miss my grandpa. He was my friend as well. Do you feel like you are getting established here now or does it still feel quite new? Yeah. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, it, it's it's get better. Every day get better. 
It's definitely hard, but we have the support of the family that we live with. We can explore the city together. What is really hard to get used to is I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, everything is okay. And then I hear English language all around and it's yeah, hard it's to hard. get used to. It's especially hard for me because I don't understand English so good. Bristol's yeah. very welcoming. Nothing but kindness and generosity here. Bristol may as well be our home. Thank you for welcoming us. Yeah. Thank you for making us feel as comfortable as possible. Adina and Siavash from Iran. How long have you been here in Bristol? In Bristol, uh, three years and four months. Adina, when you arrived, what were your first impressions? I arrived 21st of February 2019 and uh, I arrived to Easton, to a share house, which was very old and dirty and I was nervous. How long was it before you managed to make contact with your husband? Nine, nine months, I think. What did you make of the, the weather? Actually, the wind annoyed me and yeah, we cannot recognize how weather is today. Maybe in the morning it's sunny and in the afternoon it's <laughs> crazy rain. <laughs> what did you miss about home? Uh, I miss for everything. Mm, uh, about my city, my family, my culture. Yeah, yeah, I miss my family, my mother, my father. I'm uh, not sad because uh, I find new family here. Who are your new family here? Uh, I arrived to Bristol. I thought people are not friendly here. I finding uh, kind people here and they support us same as uh, my family. It was amazing for me. Where do you think of as home now? You've got your little boy here who's almost one. Uh, to be honest, that I feel home here, but not same as Iran. Every time I miss Iran, I, uh, I'm looking forward to back Iran. This country is the uh, same as father for me, but uh, Iran uh, uh, is mother. JP from Kenya. How many years ago did you come to Bristol? Well, thank you. I came into Bristol in 2004. What were your first impressions of the city? When I got into Bristol, it was something special about it. I saw a sign of welcome, a sign of multiculturalism. What did the welcome look like? I, I did meet people who had come from the Horn of Africa, Eastern Central Africa, and that was a good start. And maybe joining them to watch a football game, you know, the Premier League over the weekend, that was something that really connected us. Yeah, and I started building, building my way and finding some local shops where you could buy international food and spices. So I was going to ask you, what did you miss about home? Was food a big thing? Uh, yeah, food is a big thing, especially I grew up eating a mixture of maize and beans, what we call gideri in Kenya. And it was very hard to find. And it's, we still have that difficulties. What helped you feel like you were at home here? One, as I said, I connected with, with people I met when we were watching football. 
football is like in my in my blood in a system. <laughs> Secondly, is when I was able to meet uh, to go into a local church, having grown, you know, in the Catholic Church, and I went to Saint Nick's Church, and there I must admit it just felt like home, and the parish priest who who you know welcomes more than sixty different tribes and communities, and it was very easy to fit in. And I straight away joined the choir because I used to be a choir leader in my parish back in Africa. Bristol, I will not swap it for any other city. At what point did you start thinking of Bristol as home? So from 2010, I experienced something that, you know, I knew I am not turning back and this is going to be my home. And I had to start my asylum process and I never looked back. And do you still identify with being a refugee or are you now just a regular bloke in Bristol? <laughs> I identify myself as a refugee because that is that is my status and I'm a proud refugee. Luis and Carmen from Chile. I had a career as a photographer and as a teacher of photography, and this is what I'm doing now that I'm retired. I was a, a language tutor for many, many years. What were your first impressions of Bristol in those early days? A, an interesting city, lots of people, lots of shops. It was a big city for us. Bristol was fine, actually. It was uh, um, it was pleasant, and the weather was generally very mild, very similar to southern Chile, where we come from. Although the particular year when we arrived in May, it rained for the whole month. How long was it before you began to feel like this could be home? Bristol was easy, in fact, because um, it was comfortable. Easy to live in. It, it wasn't a place that would um, have barriers of any kind. Yes, and um, um, quickly we, we sort of thought that this was the place we wanted to stay. Um, when the children were born, for example, then you have more attachments as well to the, to the city where, where they have been born. And then when they started school and you start making friends. Yes, and we have made lots of friends from, from that era that we still keep. How much of Chile have you felt it was important to bring to your children? In general, the, the character of the place, that was very much in the background, despite the fact that this was a very British household in a way, because we had connections with other people and the children settled nicely at school. But this idea that there was a, a history that had happened elsewhere was very much part of their makeup. And they do feel that they want to know more and, and we keep the traditions of, of the food, for example, and they love the Chilean food. A word that you have used that other people that I have interviewed haven't used is the word exiles. Why exiles rather than refugee? It is rather difficult to define, but it was like a badge of honor for people to call themselves exiles rather than refugees, because in some way it pointed to their previous life as politically active individuals. Rashid, 
from Uganda. I was around eight years old uh, when we arrived in November 1972, on a very cold winter time it was. Uh, obviously, we came here from Uganda. We were all given 90 days to leave the country. And being very young, for me, everything was exciting. Never been on a plane in my life. Do you remember what your first impressions were of the city? Well, it was the ice ring that did it for all of us. I think if you ask all my brothers and sisters, <laughs> yeah, when we came and we were given an opportunity to visit Bristol from when we were in the camp, in Doniford camp in Watchit, they brought us here on, I think, it was a coach. Bristol was one of the areas that we were given to have a look whether we would like to settle here. We went to school. It was strange environment completely. Everyone looking at you when you came into the class and I saw these tiny little milk bottles and I thought, what is it? You know, I was in a minority. I was in Lawrence Western School. There wasn't many people from my background. When people found out I was from Africa, a lot of people were thinking, oh, did you live on a tree house and things like that? And, you know, that was because it was only Tarzan and Jane that were familiar and they could put Africa together. I became friends with people who probably may have, in the beginning, called me names. How much of home did your family hang on to? We were very lucky with my parents and my extended family, my aunties, uncles. Whatever we could, taking in account we weren't able to get some of the foods that we're familiar with, for example, halal food, some of the spices. Mm. So you only had places like maybe Leicester, Birmingham, or maybe London. So Leicester was one place where people were a bit more established than they were in, so for example, Bristol. So this is where a lot of our foods came from. Things like the mosque and all that, they were just starting to get them established. You know, people had mosques that were being used like a house or a hall would be used. The main culture that helped me more was when I joined the shop because we're in a multicultural area. We're servicing people from all walks of life. That was an education to me. And then I realised, hold on, you know, I'm in an environment where there is people from different walks of life, not necessarily just from Africa, from India, other parts of Africa, from, you know, Europe. And that really helped me to realise that, hold on, you know, home is here. Music by Musa Kuyate. Would you go so far as to call yourself a Bristolian refugee? Absolutely. Absolutely.